Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's 2022. This is our first episode of my Life with Breath Expert Series. And today I have, from the UK, I have the amazing Tom Granger, the author of Draw Breath. And he's doing some amazing things with his clients across the pond. And we want to check in with this amazing soul and see what he's bringing to the table these days to help folks be more creative, be more meditative, be more in that powerful flow of creativity that's available to us through our heart and through the neural systems of our brain. So welcome, Tom. Ed, thank you so much for having me, dude. I really appreciate you inviting me. Well, I immediately became drawn with you when I became aware of your work through Mike Marr of Take a Deep Breath over in the UK. And then I saw that you were doing creative work around the breath, and that just takes me into a place where my heart just really enjoys uh, the power of breath and how it can be used for the heart, the brain, the different departments of the brain. How did you ever get get started in this field? Um, well, it's really interesting, actually. There's a kind of few different things happening there. So I was, I was working in the creative industry. I was an artist, commercial designer and writer for evil corporations and advertising and things like that. Um, but I've always, always had uh, this interest and fascination in, in philosophy. Um, I actually studied that when a very long time ago. We were just talking about how old I'm getting. But when I was at university, that's what I studied was philosophy. But they, the, uh, the way we study philosophy in, in the West is very left brain. It's, it's literally called analytical philosophy, what we do. So um, there was this huge chunk missing for me of, of what was happening in the East, you know, the Eastern philosophy, which in many ways is far more ancient than the, what the Greeks began. And um, so, yeah, that, that my, my moment of inspiration for really getting focused on, on meditation and yoga and all that kind of stuff was the same jumping off point as so many people, uh, which is Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, mm-hmm. um, where that was like, it's a very small book. I used to have a housemate who's a bit of a hippie and he was like, I've, I've heard if you read this book, you'll never be sad again. And my analytical mind was like, well, that's you know BS. I'm going to have to read this and lay into it. Um, but what I found in there was this amazing philosophy about nowness and presence. Uh, but it still took me a long time to put that into something practical, which for me, I'd been doing yoga for a while, but it really took me a while to, to put the two and two together, that, that that's what's happening at the end of yoga. Um, and yeah, just a, a real fascination with the mind, with psychology, that intersection of psychology and philosophy. So, and when it really, really took hold for me was when I realized that the more I meditated, the more creative I could become. And that meant that my job got easier because, you know, being a creative sounds fun, right? That, that job, mm-hmm. the creative job title, but actually your nine to five is right. Churn out creative stuff, whether you're in the mood for it or not. And um the intersection for me of breathing and meditation was a way of really practicing being curious which is the main ingredient in creativity Mm -hmm. and also using the breath to regulate my physiology in such a way that allowed for creativity Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's kind of um i guess a short answer not that short but that's kind of where it began for me was um really experiencing the, the potential of it for calmness and curiosity and how that fed into creativity and really creativity is a form of resilience you know and right I'm, I'm sure a lot of your um 
listeners will have had that experience of you know having an idea that's changed their lives and really that's being creative we're all being creative all the time from deciding what socks to put on in the morning mm -hmm. to you know deciding where we want to be for five years from now from getting out of a sticky situation these are all things that require creativity so it's not just about music or art or um you know poetry although these are ways we can learn about this and they're particularly the ways that i like to teach it because it's engaging and it's experiential um but yeah that's kind of that's kind of where it's all come from for me well that's a really beautiful story and i, I thank you for sharing that you know with us you know a lot of us can be creative in the creative sense from time to time you know, we have that intuition and we have a moment and, and we create this, whatever it may be, whether it be music, art, a relationship, a, a new thought form. Uh, it, it seems once we have done that once or twice, it seems kind of hard, harder to get it on demand. That mm. tapping into that, whatever that sacred source is. And then I know that the breath is such an amazing you know, metrodome to bring us into that rhythm to, to find that creative space outside of attachment of what we've previously done. Mm, yeah. yeah. And working with attachment or old subconscious programming sometimes can be our biggest hindrance in being conscious and being creative. Is that, am I kind of on the path? Yeah, I mean, totally. You could hit the nail on the head really with like, how do we, how do we create that? Um, the fertile ground for creativity in our mm -hmm. mind and in our body. Right. Because if you think about when you have a creative idea, when the last time you had a really good idea or you just put two and two together in a, in a, in a insightful way, um, it was probably, and I'm putting words in your mouth, but it was probably when you were most relaxed. It was when you were mm -hmm. in the bath or just drifting off to bed or when you were um, in the shower. You know, there's a whole... Uh, mm -hmm forum on reddit with a million amazing insights called shower thoughts which i love to 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 go and drop into and it's just people's great ideas that they've had in the shower and those those moments are the times when the volume of the ego is completely turned down you know right. we're just we're in our most embodied state we're either enjoying the shower or we're enjoying the, the heat of the bath or we're um literally up right on that doorstep of stepping into a dream you know when we have these ideas so the, the, the ancient Greeks used to have a completely different idea about how we have ideas. They believed that um, ideas were something that happened to you rather mm -hmm. than something that you did. Mm -hmm. And so they had these gods in their pantheon called the muses who mm -hmm. would literally blow the ideas into the, the artists of ancient Greece from the sculptors to the painters, the poets. Um, they had a different muse for each, each art form. And our word inspiration, and this, this gets said a lot in breathing circles, but I really think it bears repeating. It comes from a Roman translation of that Greek idea, inspirare, to breathe into. Mm -hmm. This idea that our ideas can happen to us. Yes. And you, you already, you've got an intuitive sense of this because you mentioned rhythm. And for me, um, this is a huge obsession of mine, is this idea of rhythmic breathing. Mm -hmm. And... Um, when you breathe in, sympathetic activation, uh, beta waves in the brain, default mode network comes on. And when you breathe out, parasympathetic activation, 
um, salience networks coming on, task positive network. So, so it's like this interplay through the body and the whole mind that's rhythmic with each breath. And um, what particularly interests me about that is that within each breath, we're, we're floating up into beta waves mm. and down into theta. It's almost imperceptible, but they can show it on um, yeah, yeah. graphs. And I, and I've, I've been well, speaking to some really interesting scientists recently uh, as research for my new book, which uh, I can tell you about shortly, but um, yeah. they're, they're, they're saying some really cool stuff, man, about what happens in the breath, in the, in the space of one breath. And when we're doing that repeatedly by, by breathing rhythmically, we're bringing balance. We can see we're bringing balance the, to the uh, oxygen carbon dioxide relationship. That's kind of like the one that gets talked about the most in, in our breathing circles, but we can also measure the, the nervous system very, very clearly. And it's all the way up into the brain waves and modal networks. Um, so, so when that's happening, we're almost having a balance between the uh, thinking elements of our brain. You know, when we're in, in beta, that, that's like the task positive networks. Mm -hmm. And when we're in theta, we drop down into more of that kind of um, embodiment if we're, if our attention's towards our body, but also thoughts if our attention's toward our thoughts. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, having thoughts is, is a good thing. It's it's like what relationship do we have to those thoughts right. um, that's right. important. But we're, we're basically having this harmony between the emotional and embodied and the thinking and the logical the left brain, right brain, you know, it's just this beautiful interplay that we can access. And now when I practice my, um, I like to call it coherent breathing, because that's the first mm -hmm. time I came across it, but different people might call it uh, five, five, six, six, heart math breathing, uh, balanced breath. Um, it's essentially Samavritti from yoga. It's this equal parts breathing, but at a right. very slow rate of five to six breaths per minute. And I have to have a notepad by me now when I'm doing this, because I have so many ideas for work you know and I, yeah. i'm trying to have my like time off to go and relax and um, do the breathing but when we're doing this man just connections happen in the body and in the mind um so yes i can't even remember your question this is people call me no, no, just... like go off on a tangent so much I mean, uh, but we're, yeah we're, we're tapping right into the foundation of the whole human system here uh, you know, we're talking about the beta waves, the doer and, and the theta waves, the creator. And then we have that space in between, which is this beautiful alpha state where things get a little soft and maybe we think outside of our normal comfort zone. And when we think about the nasal channels and sympathetic and parasympathetic, you know, on and off and right nostril, left nostril and how it feeds the two prefrontal lobes that are the most conscious area of the brain and how the breath relates to the different patterns of, of brainwave activity. Do you find with children that it's easier for them in, in the beta alpha state or with adults, they need to be in the alpha theta state more to create something new? Wow, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, I don't work that much with kids. Uh, mm -hmm. I've interviewed a couple of people um, and I've done a little bit of work with them, but I don't do that much with them. Um, what my, my sort of slant on this is really trying to get adults who come to my workshops. I used to call my workshops, draw breath, dot, dot, dot with a pencil. Mm -hmm. And I've changed that completely because so many adults are horrified by the idea that they'll have to draw or someone might judge their work or, right. you know, oh, I'm not very creative. All of that thinking comes in. So I just call the, the workshops creative well-being now and 
then people get there and I say, you, we're going to be doing a tiny bit of drawing, but don't worry, you're not going to have to show your work. We're not going to be judging your work. It's all just scribbling, really. So getting adults to even consider being creative is quite a challenge. Whereas kids, you know, they're naturally being creative all the time. They just don't have the same limited narrative on their life right. about who they are, what they should be doing, uh, that there's a, even a specific right way of doing things, which are all stumbling blocks for for being creative. That is really interesting. You know, when I think about the breath and I think about what I want to be or I think about what I want to do in my life, I've always found the breath in, in, as the great preparer. It, it is all about preparing for something to occur that I would like to choose to control to some degree to a level of somewhat proficiency. And there is so much science out there that shows that the breath is so proactive in regard to keeping us healthy and alkalining our blood and stalling aging and the neural functions of the brain. So it just makes perfect sense that the breath would be the prerequisite for the creative mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do, what's your, do you have a kind of preferred techniques? I know that you're into kind of, doing different things at different times of day. Cause I heard you on that wonderful take a deep breath podcast that you did. Oh, um, do you have a, a personal interest, like a personal favorite that you go to for, for preparation? You know, lately it's been a, creating little gaps between the inhale and exhale and the exhale and inhale. So I, I might have just, you know, a, a slow, anytime I want to, get prepared. I need to slow down my neural activity from the high beta waves. So I'm taking that inhale, which I know is sympathetic, but I know I can slow it down in length and depth and pace and add parasympathetic qualities to it, which is great for my brain, my brainwave activity, my heart rate and blood pressure. And I can tap into my fat stores, which I know hold my story. That, that has my emotional content in it rather than the glucose, which comes in and out every 24 hours. So just that really slow inhale from the navel to the collarbone, then creating little gaps where it appears the film in my mind stops and I can merge with that, that blank canvas and that blank space. And then just really, again, staying on that exhale to completion without straining. It's not like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm exhaling everything out. So there's some sort of facial contraction or, you know, I'm trying to get six pack abs or, you know, I'm not trying to create any stress, but I'm trying to get a full exhale. And then I'd hold out for, uh, say, a two count or a three count, but nothing that creates any stress. So mm -hmm. that's kind of been the technique I've been using like the last six months or so. And it's funny how this stuff just comes down to us. You know, we have so there's as many techniques to breathe as there is stars in the sky. It really is. There's millions of different ways to sequence this inhale, exhale, slow, fast, mouth, nose, inhale, hold. Ex you know, it's mm, unbelievable yeah, when you start to yeah. look at it. The rabbit hole goes all the way down and <laughs> the earth. And, yeah. you know, you'll be doing something for years and, you, you know, you're comfortable with it. And then all of a sudden you'll get this little spark of saying, hey, Ed, try this. And you're like, you don't know where this comes from, but you trust it. And the next thing you know, you're, you have a technique that you use, uh, like I'm, I've been doing this for six months, 
And it really seems in the high stress kind of COVID insecurity, fear of the future type thing. We don't need like huge breath holds. You know, we just need little brief holds that don't disturb the physiology that create gaps in the mind sequencing. Mm, yes, I love it. You know what? I just I just wrote down a quote this morning. Uh, it's, it's evening here, so let me just. You just reminded me of this quote. Let me just find it in my notes. Okay, so awesome. this is from uh, if uh, my my uh, computer can handle doing two programs at once, which it might not at the moment. But um, yeah, so here we go. Uh, so this is from a pianist called Arthur Schnabel. Um, the notes I handle no better than any other musicians, but the spaces between the notes. That's where the art resides. And I thought, I'm gonna have to write that down because that's like really good for thinking about breathing and pauses, you know. It's that so, idea that, you know, let's I get into that. those pauses. I love that because when you see a great musician or you see a great artist, the great musicians honor the silence in between the notes. The great artists honor the neutral spaces in what mm -hmm. they're presenting. They're intelligent on their own. Yes, yes. Yeah. Very so cool. What, man. Let's let's do some can you guide us into something maybe that you would do in like a workshop to turn on that that creative yeah, force sure, that rests inside every human being on earth just dying for us to tap into it? Of course, yeah. Um let's have a think because we could do we could do a bit of a weird one that I like to do to train people in understanding what we're doing in meditation. Yeah, we could do something more physical. I mean, what would you like to what's what are you in the mood for this morning? I'm in for the most efficient technique. I love context. So I okay, love cool. explaining to folks within reason, like this is what mm. we're trying to achieve. And this is what's happening. And then let's yeah. see if we've achieved that. All right, cool. Well, um, let's do something to prepare us for the breathing first. Okay, so cool. what I'm going to do is do something that's not really breathing related, but It'll become clearer why why it does actually begin to affect the breath. So what I'm going to ask you to do is just take your hands together like this. And we're just going to take them apart. And we're going to clap them together and then rub them to generate heat. So clap and then rub. And just give them a rub like, like you're starting a fire. You're on a desert island, really generating some heat. So you can really begin to feel some heat in the palms, the fingers, and the fingertips. And just slow it right down. Uh, almost to a stop. Just noticing the texture of your hands and then stopping. And just notice the hand from the, the heat from the left hand in the right hand. And the right hand in the left hand. And just notice the energy flowing through your hands, flowing through your fingers. Maybe kind of squiggly feelings and electric feelings in the hands. And we're just gonna move them apart really, really slowly so that they're almost still touching so that you can almost still feel the heat from one hand and the next. And just notice that you can still feel the energy inside the hands. Still feel the heat from one hand in the other. 
And we're going to imagine really focusing now on the energy in the fingertips. Tips of the thumbs, tips of the fingers on the left hand and the right hand. And this is going to be your kind of war paint now. So we're just going to take these sensations and just gently begin to almost paint them onto your forehead in very, very soft lines. So with our eyes open now, just imagining that you can paint these sensations onto the skin of your face very gently. And just noticing how that feels to paint these energetic sensations onto the face. And you can just use your own creativity now. Just imagine on the cheeks and the forehead. How, how does your kind of tribal paint look here? Do you have some on the cheekbones maybe? But just noticing how this feels. Some on the jaw. You may notice your jaw softening as you do that. Maybe even around the eyes. And just notice how sensitive that skin is. And finally, we're going to just almost like wash our hands in our hair. So just very lightly taking those fingertips and just lifting the hair around the top of the head, around the crown. Around the back of the head, just very gently stroking the scalp. sides of the head. It's almost like giving yourself the lightest massage possible. And finally, just the, the last of the, the paint that we've energetically given our fingertips, we're just going to put on our ears. So you can give your ears quite a squeeze here, just like rubbing the fingertips on the ears, on the edges of the ears be relatively firm but this shouldn't hurt just giving your ears a nice massage maybe even pulling these little dangly bits and then finally just give your hair a zhuzh so just like zhuzhing your hair now like you're in a pantan advert almost like scratching your head go full caveman and then just gently allowing your hands to come down, just letting all the tension from your shoulders just drift, drifting down, letting gravity almost pull that tension down from the shoulders, out of the fingertips. And just become aware of your breath. Notice wherever the breath feels strongest for you. 
breathing gently in and out through the nose. Seeing if you can soften the belly as you breathe in. How much can you relax the belly, create space for the diaphragm? Really just notice how the body feels now. How the face feels. How the top of the head feels. How the ears feel. Maybe just going back to where we started there in the hands. How do the hands feel now? There's no right way for them to feel, just noticing how they do feel. Taking the attention back to the chest and the belly and the throat. And just noticing the movement of the breath. Although we've moved into a much stiller place, the body is never still. So just being curious as to how the breath is moving the body now. Maybe even the soft sensations of clothes moving across the body as you breathe. See if you can focus in on these feelings.
And you might notice that the breath is becoming shallow and that's fine. You may notice it slowing down and that's fine. And from here, just noticing the contents of the mind. What thoughts are here? Just observing the thoughts as though we're in a cinema. And we're in the audience. The thoughts are just moving across the screen. And if we get distracted by thoughts, just coming back to this breath. What would it be like to observe this breath all the way from the beginning of the inhalation? all the way to the end of the exhalation. And we're going to bring this to a close, this little impromptu meditation. So just noticing how you feel. Having given yourself this short space just to breathe. Noticing the quality of the body, quality of the breath. and perhaps the speed of the mind. And whenever you're ready, just becoming aware of the room around you, sounds around you, 
and opening your eyes whenever you're comfortable to do so. <clears throat> we can just end with a few sighs, which we could have began with, but we'll just do it anyway. <sighs> so hopefully feeling nice and relaxed there. But we began that. Um, you you kind of asked me for a, almost a hack there, Ed. How can we how can we get into this a little bit more easy this this mm. space? And what we did there with our hands, we create a lot of movement just to just to burn a little bit of cortisol off in the body, and also to become and in, come into contact with our bodies to remember that we are in a body. So this isn't something abstract. You know we're increasing our embodiment that's what we're doing every time we meditate we're trying to focus on the sensations of the body and that really is one of my favorite ways to begin a meditation because we're blasting a sensitivity of the hands which is if you look at the homunculus which is that image of where most of our nerves are in the body they're all kind of in the face and in the hands and uh, in the genitals as well mm. uh, but really these are the ones we can talk about during a meditation lesson <laughs> so we're we're really uh, uh, getting into our bodies in the easiest pathway which is is the hands and the face but we're also by doing that very gentle stroking of the face and the top of the head and the ears they've all kind of got their own reason right because the face is full of these um, nerve endings that we relate to our social experience, all the muscles of the face and how we communicate before we're even starting to talk. Um, then we're doing this with the, the hair, which was, since this has been told to me, I've just been totally convinced by it, but maybe it's true, um, that because we're apes and for a long, long time, maybe two million years in our, in our history, we would groom each other like mm -hmm. this. Like, uh, you'd be behind me or I'd be behind you kind of trying to eat the, the grubs and things from your hair. And so this, this sensation prepares us for a, um, an experience of social bonding. Mm -hmm. And then the vagus nerves have a little offshoot that go into the ear. So we're kind of doing that. The ears are incredibly sensitive. So we're really going into the sensations of the body. We're possibly stimulating the vagal nerves by touching the ears and also hitting that kind of grooming element to it as well. Um, so by doing that, we are triggering this huge response through the vagus nerve. You can witness that in your heart rate variability. If you're hooked up to a heart rate variability mm -hmm. device, it would increase just through those actions. We're stimulating the vagus nerves, which is um, vagus nerves. I know that you know this, but just, just in case your listeners don't connect all of the uh, vital organs of the body together, pretty much. They're the, the main bulk of what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. And when we're stressed, they are not as active because our attention needs to be out there, whether it's kind of reward-based stress or, or, you know, what we might call um, unhealthy stress where we're feeling threatened, you know, mm -hmm. our attention needs to be outside of our bodies. It needs to be looking for the reward or dealing with the threat. When we enter that um, calm state of the rest and digest, we are, our bodies finally have a chance to actually do some healing and some, internal monitoring and so the vagus nerves come online but that has this double benefit of making meditation easier if our goal in meditation is to be embodied to 
drop out of being completely obsessed and distracted by thoughts mm-hmm. and drop into the sensations of mm-hmm. the body, then by triggering the vagus nerves before we do that, we're making our job a lot easier. So um, that's kind of the, the reasons for doing that. And then the social engagement system is really interesting. So I don't know if you're familiar with polyvagal theory, but it's, mm-hmm. um, sure. it's really, really Lost kind of, yes, yeah, cool, yeah. Um, I'm try. I've I've emailed him a bit recently, trying to get him on the uh, on my YouTube channel, but um, he's very busy. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping the squeaky door gets the oil because his stuff is so good. But uh, for those of you who don't know, it's essentially this idea that um, our ideas about the stress systems are a bit outdated. That it's not as simple as sympathetic activation versus parasympathetic activation. There is this kind of extra dimension. It's not just about Am I running away or am I staying very still? There's this element of how socially engaged am I? And that really is our measure of fear because as this uh, ape that likes to be in a big group, um, the more connected we feel to the people around us, the less afraid we we feel. And um, so when we're uh, creating movement in the social engagement system, whether it's through you know face yoga or um, listening very intently to um, instructions, all these different things we can do to basically trigger the social engagement system. And when we do that, our heart rate variability begins to increase, um, but also our breathing becomes easier. It's it's activating yeah. and innovating the elements of the parasympathetic nervous system that make breathing slower, calmer, more more straightforward. So um, that's my favorite way of beginning a meditation in, in short there, Ed, um, is to get people doing this weird thing uh, where they're entering the internal um, observation deck through the pathway of the hands and the face, and then entering the uh, social engagement system and triggering the vagus nerve so that we're really opening up those pathways into the heart and the gut. Because back to where we began this with creativity, um, creativity really happens throughout the whole body you know it's our intuition is involved in creativity our emotion is involved in creativity it's not just as simple as a plus b equals c um it's something we have to feel uh it happens on a level way way below um the verbal level uh where that's why we can't be creative on command because we we can't just think of what to do it's it's something much deeper um, so what I like to say is that belly breathing connects us to gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, it was a very light instruction there on the breathing. I wanted people just to maybe notice if their, if their breathing was becoming slower um, rather than try and tell them to do that. But we can we can essentially coach that and coax those those feelings by deliberately breathing slowly, by deliberately breathing with music, by deliberately breathing into the belly. We end up with... Um, creating those feelings, increasing our heart rate variability and all that juicy stuff. Well, first off, Tom, you're an amazing teacher. Oh, thanks. Amazing, <laughs> Tom. People need to, to be with you. Whether you're creating or not, what you're doing is you're, you're releasing negative forms of self-sabotage and stress that aren't serving folks. Whether you're creating music, art, whatever, people need to be with you. That was an amazing sequence. And there was sort of a wave that I went through where initially 
I, I was aware of the hands and the nerves, the face, and I, you know the serotonin secretions and all that that bringing the brain down. But I noticed how my brain was responding to this was initially my first mental thought being a perfectionist was am i doing it right Mm. that was my first signal where this thought in my head said am i doing it right i have to do it right tom wants me to do it right and then this other voice said of course you're doing it right and then as my heart rate dropped from the slower respiration and my blood pressure dropped and I entered into my body, then the brainwave activity slowed down to the point where there was a flow state of where I merged with the moment mentally. I I wasn't in front of the stream. I wasn't behind the stream. It was just a stream of self-awareness that no matter what I brought my attention to, there was no fear there or insecurity. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. It's very cool. And, and what you're doing state. is very science-based. Yeah, that's, I do have an obsession with the, the science of it because um, I think for, you know, you, there's, there's so many people who could benefit from this who aren't interested because they think it's airy-fairy, right? And, and especially I'm in the UK where um, we don't have that same kind of West Coast attitude that you guys have in America. Um, of like kind of an interest in the more uh, um, hippy dippy elements where the people are quite quite like proud of how rational they are and so they need to be coached with with the science you know Um, I actually have a series going on my YouTube channel shameless plug uh, called the science of breathing um, where I'm talking to a couple of scientists uh, talking again with Patrick McEwen who's a wonderful teacher Mm -hmm. oxygen advantage but yeah, love the science. You got to have the science, <laughs> uh, even just so that you can talk to the people who need it the most, right? I've done stuff with tech companies, and what I'll do generally with them, you know, you talked about all these different elements at the beginning that we can change in the breath, and we can create this like um, totally infinite uh, like amount of variations where we're putting maybe slow breathing with uh, fast breathing, but with this visualization and all that kind of stuff. And what I do with the, when I'm talking to you, um, techie type people who would never go to a yoga session, right? Is talk mm. to them as though it's code, right? Mm. You can get them on, on board very quickly by describing it as binary code, you know, the inhale and the exhales, the ones and the zeros. And then after that, we're just building code on top of it with all these different variations or, um, so yeah, trying to appeal to the people who need this the most are the, are the ones least likely to listen. And so getting getting a foot in the door by talking about the science is really really important and it also informs my practice and not just my own practice but how i teach um where i i think i feel like it makes a bigger difference because there's an evidence base behind it i know kind of where to take people next and all that kind of stuff um and also for safety i think we should be interested in in the science uh but yes it's interesting when you think about creativity, it just came to me that what you were doing was you were turning on endurance protocols in my physiology that had an echo where there was an endurance rather than a sprint. Like I've got to be creative right now. You know, Mm. it it was Mm. more of an endurance physiology that was coming up to me from the experience and creativity, just like life, 
should be an endurance event. It shouldn't be rushed. And it should have little pieces of maybe speed or where we might want to go fast for 30 seconds or three minutes or, or 10 minutes. But, you know, life is an endurance event with little pieces of speed. And for some reason, these time-based, male-based sequences of sprinting have become the norm and we've mm. lost our endurance and resiliency from a physiological and psychological standpoint to hang in there with the experience and have quality experiences rather than quantity experience. Mm. Yes. And when you yeah. think about the work that you're doing and having the ability to have an endurance mindset with our creative faculties, now we're really, you're really blowing people away. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, because the, the, uh, we, we talked there, should I do one thing, should I do the other? I mean, the main, the, the thing that I've been doing for the last few years is, is teaching people the kind of draw breath protocol, mm -hmm. the, the way you're I'm deliberately using drawing and breathing, which is uh, from my, my book, which uh, you've wonderfully got up here in the corner. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is, uh... draw breath right now, <laughs> make the move, the power <laughs> of now. Yeah. And um, I'm, right now I'm kind of uh, mixing it up and I'm um, using music a lot more in, in how I'm teaching. And that is to, to begin to slow down people's breathing in time with the music, which is obviously heavily inspired by uh, Stephen Elliott, who's the coherent breathing dude, um, and a few others. So Gerbargen and Brown, who I, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of them, but they're amazing neuroscientists who are using us for trauma. Um, and I've kind of got obsessed with, with uh, what they've been doing, but I've never really, I, I just couldn't fully understand, you know, why is it, what is happening in the body? Why does this have these profound effects? Because it balances carbon dioxide and oxygen. That's just the beginning, you know, balances the nervous system. That's still just the beginning. It has these profound effects where people's uh, heart rate variability can be improved in just six weeks. Your heart rate variability is basically your heart's ability to vary its rate. It's like if it's low, your heart can't change as much. Whereas if you have higher heart rate variability, it can jump and bounce around the, the speed of your heart very quickly and recover yeah. from stress a lot more quickly. Grow that gap. Grow that gap. Between yeah. the heartbeats. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And, and it's back to that space, idea. The space between the, the we, notes. What we're looking for, <laughs> all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, this dance that we do between the conscious brain and the subconscious brain. I mean, the subconscious brain is great. Okay, we've got our foundational story of our life in that. And some of it's positive and some of it's negative. But there really isn't anything neutral. In the mm -hmm. conscious brain, you can have positive, you can have negative, and you can also have neutral. I don't know yet. So yeah. what, are, what are some of the tips that you can do to keep people present with the experience mm -hmm. of creating? Wow. Okay. Well, um, this is something that I learned from the doctors I just mentioned, uh, doctors Patricia Gerbarg and, and Richard mm -hmm. Brown. Wonderful. So when we, we began that, what was a meditation, essentially a mindfulness meditation, simply just we were just being aware of our breath. Once we'd done that bit of a warm up to prepare the body. Um, we began that in a way that a few years ago, I've never uh, thought you should begin a meditation that way, where we're, we're activating, we're moving the body loads like that. And, um, but that's, that's got this like little jolt of sympathetic activation. 
that we're doing. And you uh, are a very high energy individual. I know you used to be an athlete. You probably still do a lot of training. Um, and me, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very up. kind of um, slow, uh, tamasic, it would be called in yoga, I guess. Right. And, um, and so I need these ways of, of waking up. And what the um, what the doctors do is they they wake people up using things that are based in qigong, but they'll get people doing ha breath. It's called, and you literally yeah. kind of take yeah. your hands to the back of your head and then slap down. That's ha mm -hmm. to, so to, the, to the top of your the, your back, really, rather than the back of your head, and then slap down. Ha. That's it. That's how they breathe. I love that breath. Everything. Yeah. I love that. And you find that you're so much easier for you to focus on the breath after after doing that you know whereas how mindfulness is taught i mean it's a problem that mindfulness has in general right that it's been completely secularized it's been removed from buddhism it's been removed from yoga and in how it's taught in in the west um and there's a very real and important reason for that which was that um they wanted to standardize it so that they could test it and prove that it did stuff so we've kind of been through that we've kind of done that right um and when we're, uh, what, what we're learning, and you know already because your background in this is, is yoga, but um, what people really need to understand is, I, I talk to mindfulness teachers all the time and I say, no, 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 unless we're controlling the breath for a little bit first, people aren't gonna get the most out of this. And it, it really upsets them because they've been taught that mindfulness is about not changing the breath, about just being aware and all mm. that kind of stuff. And that's fine if you have fully, um, functional breathing, which most right. people right. don't. Exactly. Right? Most people have a high sugar diet that makes them breathe much faster than they need to. They uh, maybe breathe through their mouth. They maybe um, have sleep apnea, all these things that are affecting their breathing. So that by becoming conscious of their breathing um, and just tell them don't change it, we could actually be making it worse. So I always try and lead people through some basics of, of functional breathing before that. But one thing we can also do is obviously pranayama. So kapalabhati whatever it might be to bring that attention up that's the kind of stuff that i need to do before i even come on these kinds of um uh talks you know i have to kind of maybe do a bit of that to, to liven me up um my brother was here the other day and he he kind of saw me doing some weird stuff he's like what the hell are you doing because i was like raising my eyebrows which connects to the muscles in the ears and helps you to listen better so that i can uh, mm -hmm. listen to what ed's saying and make sure i catch all of his questions and just raising our um, eyes upwards. I have a little galvanic skin response measure and you can hear my sympathetic nervous system coming on when I do that. So just simply doing this is going to increase our focus. But when that. we when we do it with uh, with some fast breathing as well, then we're really kind of supercharging it. Obviously, so cool. people with anxiety need to take that on pretty easy. You know, don't don't go overboard on anything that's going to activate your sympathetic nervous system. You probably don't need it. If anything, you need to be coming down so that mm -hmm. you can focus more is a sweet spot in the middle and that's why i love this rhythmic breathing because it's all about balance it's balancing the inhale with the exhalation let's did you have any of that rhythmic breathing available to us right now yeah uh let me just let's see. give it can a I, shot yeah i think uh let yeah. me see if i can um share some stuff with you so uh let's see how well this works um i'm not actually used to doing this off zoom so we're, we're on uh, not zoom right now. So just see if this works right. But this is the background is my um, new project is called breathe in harmony, breathe dash in harmony so that we're breathing in harmony with music, but also breathing in harmony, breathing harmony in to our bodies. Beautiful. 
Um, so I don't know, Ed, can you see that music there? I don't know if you... Uh, are it's at the to... bottom. Yeah. Let me see if I can oh, add it. Okay. Here we go. Like... We're, we're in deep technological <laughs> pools here. So can you hear that, Ed? I hear that beautiful piano. Okay, wonderful. So I'll just turn it down for a few moments. Um, so yeah, basically my brother has helped me out with this. He's writing the music. We've just teamed up with um, two other amazing musicians who've, who we've, we've known for a long time, but they, they've like written music for TV and movies and stuff like that. So um, there's gonna be some really cool music coming out uh, through, through the website. ariabreath.com is the name of the website for those of you who are interested. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, let's because we are we going up to the hour, Ed, or are we? Yeah, are we, we okay got a few minutes here, brother. Okay, cool. Well, we'll just do five minutes. Um, okay, great. Probably, probably begin to feel a difference, but it's easier if we begin with just some embodiment stuff again. So, what I'm going to recommend you do is you just take a posture like you ordinarily would in in meditation. Maybe your feet are flat on the floor. You might want to have your hands on your lap, maybe up your palms up in a gesture of receiving or down in a gesture of grounding and we're just going to breathe in through the nose and raise our shoulders up to our ears gently not forcing <sighs> sighing that out through the mouth and one more time breathing in and up through the ears <sighs> And just following my voice, we're gonna breathe in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, breathing in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. So breathing in and out through the nose, three, four, out, two, three, four, good. So we're gonna to listen to some music now that's at that same pace. And we're gonna breathe in with the high notes of the piano, and we're gonna breathe out with the low notes of the piano. So breathing in, two, three, four, breathing out, two, three, four, breathing in, two, okay, and out, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, breathing in,
want to be perfect.
How does the breath feel? How does the body feel? Just coming back into the body. Mona, rub those hands together, rub those feet on the floor, just in case we've been sailing away there. and yeah, so me and my brother working on some tracks. That's just one of the tracks. We've got about 10 and we're aiming for about 30 because <clears throat> uh, according to research, when you're using music as a healing modality, choice is really important. People want to have a choice in the, choosing which music is, is right for them. So that's why we've enlisted the help of our friends um, who know a bit more about what they're doing with music. So yeah, it's going to be a fun project. That's the kind of main bulk of what I'm doing this year. Uh, oh, I've just seen... Uh, Mike's in the chat. Hey, Mike, take a deep breath. Everyone go and subscribe to Mike. And of course, subscribe to Ed if you haven't already. Um, yeah, so that's that's my kind of plan for the year. Also, I don't know where you are, Ed, but I'm going to be in the US for the first, uh, no, not the first two months, but through March and, and uh, into April. I'm going to be on the West Coast. So if anyone's around and wants to hang out um, in America, then hit me up. My website's drawbreath.com, or I'm at drawbreath. Uh, How do people get a hold of you, Tom, to work with you? Yeah, so so the main port of call right now is drawbreath.com. That's drawbreath.com. Yeah. I'm also pretty good at getting back in touch on Instagram, which is at drawbreath. Um, yes. So one of my um, goals doing... is to really expand folks' awareness of Tom Granger. <laughs> uh, thanks, dude. um you're the real deal buddy i I love connecting with people over all this stuff so yeah um 
I'm near the West Coast. I'm not on the West Coast. So I'm uh, like 10 hours away. I'm all right, in, U- okay, where, I'm in you're Utah. Utah. Ah, cool, cool. All right. Well, maybe I can drop by. I'm going to Wyoming at some point. So, so Wyoming's right below, right above me. You know, if you want to, uh, you want to, I don't know if you ski or hike or want to get outside, you come and stay with us right here. It's one of cool, the most man. beautiful places good. God's ever created. So that Northern Utah. Awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that sounds good, dude. Listen, I have to have you back if you don't yeah, mind. Anytime. Anytime. Because you're a wealth of knowledge. And I know we're just scratching the surface and people need this so deeply in their lives. And I want to make this available to folks. So I'm going to have my people reach out to you and see if I can have you on again before the end of 2022. Because I learned so much. It was just a great honor to be with you. I feel so alive right now from the last hour of my life. Awesome. Ed, thank you so much for having me, dude. I really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. It's been amazing to connect with you. Yeah, you're an amazing man and you're really living your life. And I'm so proud of you. And I wish you nothing but continued success. And I look forward to having you back in the future. I wish you every success, my man. Same to you, dude. Thank you, Tom. Good night. Bye, everyone. <laughs>